You may be seated. Well, if you have a Bible with you, you can open to Ruth chapter 2. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be beginning a a four-week sermon series on the topic of uh, hospitality. And uh, part of the reason that we've chosen the topic of hospitality is that this year is the 10-year anniversary of Christ Church uh, Bellingham and Ten years ago when our church was just forming, it was just an idea, kind of the center of the vision and hope for what this community would be about was built around the idea of God's hospitality. Hospitality is the act of welcoming strangers, outsiders, into a family and giving them all the benefits of being a part of a family. And, uh, you know, we said, hey, that's what the gospel is about. That is what the center of Christian faith is about is that all of us were strangers, we were aliens, we were far off from God, and God has adopted us into his family. And he's given us all the benefits of what it means to be God's children. He has shown us hospitality, and so if God has done that for us, we must be a community defined by that same spirit. And so uh, our church now has changed a lot in the last 10 years. We've grown a lot. We have a lot of new people that are a part of our community. And I think there are new challenges to being a hospitable church in a church that is our size. It's a lot easier when there's 40 people and you know all the 40 people, you know all their names, and you're involved in every decision that, you know, the church is making. And so I think it's healthy for us to have kind of a reboot, refresh on why our community originally started, what we're about. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be uh, challenged in our practice of hospitality as a community. And on the last Sunday, the fourth Sunday, that's May 19th, we're going to have a celebration together as, as a church to celebrate what God has done over these last 10 years. So put uh, May 19th on your calendar, and uh, that afternoon we're going to have a great, uh, great time together. I want to make one update on that celebration. If you were here in Mar- February and March, I've made a couple announcements that we were really going to go out uh, all out on this party. We're going to have food trucks and invite our friends. And uh, just this week, our elders have actually decided for financial reasons that uh, it's going to be a more modest uh, party. And part of the reason for that is we, uh, over the last 10 years, we have grown uh, in people, but also financially by at least 10% really on average over the last 10 years. And uh, for whatever reason, this last year we've grown in people, but we have stayed the same uh, financially. And so uh, I'm not sure the, the reason for that, but we have a lot of exciting things that are happening in our church. We've done renovations on our, our lobby and our sanctuary. We've made some church offices. We have a new pastor of discipleship we just hired who's starting in June, started a youth ministry, a lot of exciting things happening, and so we've decided to just regroup. And so this next week, we're going to be trying to figure out a new way to do this party. It's probably going to involve more people, hands on deck, some of you, and it might be closer to the spirit of what hospitality actually looks like of serving serving one another. So, But I think it's really going to be a, a great time together, so make sure you keep May uh, 19th on your calendar. Um, I'll also just mention that uh, you might have more questions about the finances of our church. We have an annual congregational meeting every year in June. So we're in a budget writing process right now as a church. And so you can come to that meeting in June and uh, learn more about the finances of the church. Also, if you have any questions, always feel free to come and talk to me or talk to one of our elders, and we'd be happy to talk to you 
about more about our church. So, for the next four weeks, we're going to be thinking as a congregation about the topic of hospitality. And so, to begin this series, I've chosen this little story from uh, Ruth chapter 2, which I think is one of the best little pictures of hospitality in the whole Bible. And if you're not familiar with the story of Ruth, it's this charming ancient story from ancient Israel uh, about these two women, Naomi and Ruth. Naomi is, a, is an Israelite woman who's gone, who's gone to live for many years in the land of Moab, and her husband and her two sons have all died. And she's returning home with her daughter-in-law, whose name is Ruth, who's a Moabite woman. And these two women truly have nothing. And in the end of chapter 1, Naomi expresses kind of how desperate these two women are. This is what she says in the end of chapter 1. She says, do not call me Naomi. Her Naomi means pleasant. She says, call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So here's this woman who says, my new name is Bitter. And so it's in the midst of this bitterness that we pick up the story of Naomi and Ruth in Ruth chapter 2. So we're going to, the passage that we're studying together is printed for you there in the bulletin. And we're going to read the whole chapter of Ruth chapter 2. So hear the word of the Lord. Ruth chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, said, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done. And a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I'm not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. She said, uh, so she sat beside the reapers and she 
passed, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also, pull out some of the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed is the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth, the Moabite, said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray together. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for the grace that we read of in these words and this, this story, and we pray that uh, you would give us hearts to understand that grace and that you would make us a people who welcome the outsider and the stranger. So form us, shape us, teach us through your holy word and by your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there are so many important details in this chapter that I just read, and I can't highlight all of them, but this morning I want to give an introduction to the topic of hospitality uh, by looking at just four points. The who of hospitality, the how of hospitality, the what of hospitality, and the why of hospitality. The who, the how, the what, and the why. And I, this is a really simple story, but it's chock full of wisdom. And so we have four things this morning as we look at Ruth chapter 2, and the first is this. The who of hospitality. Who does God want us to show hospitality to? And, uh, you know, the main recipient of hospitality, of course, in this story is Ruth. And what we learn about Ruth is that God wants us to show hospitality first to those without a family and second to those who God brings into our life. Those without a family and those that God brings into our life. So first, those without a family. And you'll, you'll notice the repetition of the word gleaning in this passage, you see it in the first couple verses in verse 1 there. It says, Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the, man, uh, of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Now gleaning was a, a practice that was instituted in the Mosaic Law where God had commanded farmers that when they were harvesting they, their field, they would only go over the field one time. And all the, you know, the crops that were missed 
by the harvesters would be left in the field and the poor would come after the harvesters and they could collect whatever food was left. And they weren't supposed to harvest the fields all the way to the edge, but they were supposed to leave the margins again so that the poor could come and find whatever food they find there and they could take, take that uh, uh, for their meals. And if you go back to Deuteronomy and you read the commandment about gleaning, there are three classes of people that gleaning was supposed to benefit. This is Deuteronomy 24:19 says this. When you reap your harvest in the field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So you have the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. And you could summarize those categories of people, all three of those, as people without families, the familyless. Now, it's interesting, Ruth, who's the main character in the story, is all three of those categories, right? So she's a Moabite, she's a sojourner, she's a foreigner. Her father-in-law is dead, and her husband is dead. So she's fatherless, and she's a widow. So she's basically the archetype of vulnerability in the ancient world. And so when we ask, who is hospitality for, the first answer is people like Ruth, the familyless. But there's a second answer to the who question uh, because, you know, there are many people that are familyless and many people in Bellingham and Whatcom County and say, wow, who, I can't care for all of them. Who should I care for? Well, the second thing is not just those without a family, but those that God brings into our lives. And you see that in the second part of verse three where it says, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of, uh, of Elimelech. And that little phrase, she happened, is literally in Hebrew, by chance's chance. You know, by uh, a stroke of luck, she came into the field of Boaz. Now, we know that the biblical authors didn't believe in luck. And so the attentive reader of the book of Ruth is going to be reading along and say, you know, there's a lot of chances, chances happening in the first two chapters of, of Ruth. And we're supposed to understand, oh, this isn't by a stroke of luck. God's sovereign hand is caring for Ruth. He's the one who brought her to Bethlehem, and it happened to be just during the harvest time. He's the one who brought her to Boaz's field. And I think for us, you know, to be a community of hospitality, it's not for us to feel anxious that it is our job to save the world. It's not our job. What this text shows us is that the Lord is the father to the fatherless. The Lord is the husband to widows. He is the one who is caring for them. Our job is to partner with him, to be responsive when God brings someone into our field. Do we see them? Do we respond to them? Do we obey the Lord? And that responsiveness is really the heart of our second point. So first, the who is, who does God want us to show responsibility, show hospitality to? It's people like Ruth, people that are familyless and that God has brought into our field. But the second is the how of hospitality. And how does God expect that hospitality happens? And the answer that this passage gives is that hospitality happens in a community living under the word of God. That is where hospitality happens in this world, is in a community that lives under the word of God. And I think there's two parts to that. So first of all, it's a community. And you get a little glimpse of Boaz's community in this passage in verse 4. 
where it says, And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. And you see like this work environment that Boaz has created. You know, he's a landowner. He's got a small business. He's got these workers who work for him. And, uh, and these reapers, you know, how do they speak to one another? They just speak blessing, encouragement. They're building one another up. And it's this community of friends who know each other, have worked together, who speak the Lord's blessing on one another. It's that kind of network that Ruth is brought into. And I think the network of reapers that we see here, where there's, you know, Boaz is riding on his donkey and everyone's in the field, the Lord bless you, you know, and they're shouting across to one another, is something like that is what a church is supposed to be. We are a community that builds one another up, speaks God's promises to one another, reminds each other who we are in the Lord, and then the Lord takes someone and sticks someone in, it sticks a person into that community. But you might ask, you know, oh, wow, these reapers, they have this great work environment that they're a part of, and, you know, why open it up to anyone else? Well, that's the second how, is not only in community, but it's in a community that lives under the word of God. And you'll notice that Boaz, the landowner, the boss, you know, he's come back from Bethlehem or a trip or something, and he's getting an update from the kind of manager of the field and uh, what's been happening. And it says in verse 5, look at verse 5, then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answers, she's the young Moabite woman who came back from Naomi, uh, came back with Naomi from the country of Moab she said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she continued from the early morning until now, except for a short rest. Now clearly it's not only Boaz who understands, hey, this is, if a poor person comes to our field and we're harvesting, you welcome them in and they're allowed to, to glean from uh, what's remaining from the harvest. And you might wonder like, well, how did... Boaz was gone, and even while he's gone, his managers know this is how we operate. How did they learn that? I'm sure Boaz told them, hey, we are, we are a farm, we are a business that operates under the word of God. He was principled. And I think we as a church will find a million reasons to not welcome the outsider. Ultimately, the way we do it is by a conviction. We are a community that is bound together, that we, we live under, the word of God. It's not our personalities. It's not that we think, well, oh, isn't everyone nice here? And that, that will not last. That's not going to hold us together. The thing that will hold us together and make us opening is that we live in obedience to Christ. And so it's when we have these kind of preliminaries in place, you know, that hospitality is done by a community of people who live in obedience to the Christ under the word of, under the word of God, and who are welcoming in the family list, and especially the people that God brings into our fields, once we have those preliminaries, we're ready to ask this third question, the what of hospitality. What does hospitality look like once we do it? And you see the beauty of Boaz's hospitality to Ruth here in verse 8, where it says, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young uh, women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Boaz calls Ruth his daughter. 
She's a Moabite. She's a foreigner. He's just met her. And he says, I'm going to care for you like you're a part of my family, like you're one of the daughters in my household. Don't go to someone else's field. I want you to stay in my field. And this is exactly what hospitality is, is taking a stranger and treating them, giving them the blessings of, of what it means to be a part of your family, calling them a daughter. And then Boaz and Ruth, they have a little discussion after he calls her a daughter. And we see three blessings that she receives as a result of being welcomed into Boaz's family and community. This is what they are. So first, Boaz gives her a place of safety. So the first what of hospitality is Boaz gives her a place of safety. And you see that in the second part of verse 9 where it says, Boaz says, have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Now what this tells us is that part of the reason that Boaz didn't want Ruth to go to the other fields was uh, because she'd not be safe in the other fields. Here's a woman, she has no land, she has no husband, she has no one to protect her. And she was immensely vulnerable. And actually we know from earlier in the book of, of Ruth that this was all happening during the time of the judges. And if you go and read the book of Judges, which is a book right before this in, in the Bible, you know that the book of Judges is a time in Israel when everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. There's just rampant evil happening among the Israelites. And uh, that evil looked like terrible acts of, sec of sexual abuse. And so he, you might say that Boaz's words to his workers in this passage are the first ever sexual harassment policy in a workplace. In the 12th century B.C., it's in the Bible. Boaz says, my workplace will be safe for women. And my place is safe, so you need to stay here. And so the first what of hospitality is a place of safety. And so that means that our church, our homes, our relationships should be that place of safety for the vulnerable. Second what. Boaz provide, gives a place of mutual blessing. A place of mutual blessing. You see this in verse 10, where it says, Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and she said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done. And a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now in these verses, Ruth asked Boaz, so why are you being so nice to me? Why are, you, why are you doing this for me? And Boaz basically says, I've heard your story. I know that you converted, you found faith in the Lord. You trusted the Lord and you left your homeland to care for this widow and you followed her. You had nothing and you trusted him. And he's basically saying, I'm inspired by your story and who you are. And I think this is an important piece of hospitality because I think we often think that when we are opening our lives to people, it's one directional. I'm serving you. You're the needy one. And I'm the one who has my life together. And often when, you know, you feel, you know, someone cares for you that way, it's kind of condescending. It's like, oh, man, I, I'm the needy one and they have everything together. But Boaz did not view Ruth that way. As much as he was doing for her, he saw God's work in her life. And that meant he was not just providing a place of safety for her, 
but a place of mutual benefit. He was inspired by her faith. And I'll tell you, I, you know, how I experienced, I learned about this growing up in my home. Uh, this is my mother who, you know, my parents, uh, my dad was the kind of person that if he came into a group of people, he'd talk with all of you just a little bit, and then he'd be the first one to leave. My mom would find one person, and often the person no one's talking to, and hear the depths and in intricacies of their story. She said, all people are fascinating. And so even though she was a hospitable person who welcomed people in, she knew they have something to offer me too, and I'm going to find out what that is. That's what Boaz is doing in this story. He says, I've heard your story. I know you have something to offer me. There is a spiritual work in you. God is at work in you. And I think that we all feel that when we are welcomed in, we want to be welcomed into that, a mutual exchange of blessing. So Boaz gives a place of safety. He gives a place of mutual blessing. The third thing is this, is that Boaz gives a place for a meal. And you see it there in verse 14. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. This is one of the great little scenes in the Old Testament. I wish this could be in a movie where, you know, you got all these farm workers, they're working, and then this poor woman comes in and she's kind of joining the circle during their work lunch, you know, and, they're, and she, Boaz is passing her the vegetables and caring for her and they're talking to her and she's included and she feels safe and she gets to eat all she wants. And I think it's important to understand the role that meals play in the cultures of the ancient world because uh, sharing a meal in the ancient world was not simply just about socializing with people. A meal formed a bond, and, you know, the language that we often use is that a meal was covenantal. And so, for example, you know, in the ancient world when a, uh, you know, two tribes might be at war with each other and they've been fighting and they're killing each other and families are killing one another and the two chiefs decide, you know what, we need to have a peace treaty. We need to end these warring. The way they would make their treaty is the two chiefs would come together and they would share a meal together. And the meal represented the bonding, the binding together of these two tribes that were going to live at peace with one another. And so Boaz is binding Ruth to his family and community by eating with her. He's making her a daughter. And that kind of binding, I'll tell you, still happens in our world today. It happens in our church. What happens every week, the Lord brings us to this meal. Jesus binds us to, him, to himself and to each other with a meal. And I think um, the way people become a part of our church community and are bound to our community is by eating with us. And this is something that we're going to say many times over the course of this series, over these four weeks, is that hospitality, God's grace, happens in the context of meals. Throughout the scripture, uh, uh, key moments when God is working happens at meals. And I think there's one, if there's one thing that I would love to mark us as a community, that we would be a group of people who eat with all kinds of people. And some of you might think, well, you know, I don't have a great home for, like, having people over for dinner. And, you know, I think you should be encouraged this meal was not in someone's home. This was a work lunch. And that means that the kind of meals that we can have for people, it doesn't mean, you know, having people in your home. It could be I went and got a coffee. I went and got a beer. I went and got lunch, you know, at, uh, uh, during work. Um, but if there's one discipline, one aspect of the culture and rhythm of your life that should be the fruit of the gospel is meals with all kinds of people, people in the church, people outside of the church. 
And see, so you see that this little story in Ruth 2 is so simple, and yet it's so powerful and inspiring, that Boaz brings in Ruth, the familyless woman who God has brought into his field, and she's cared for by a community of reapers who together live under the word of God, and they provide a place of safety, a place of mutual blessing, and a place for a meal. That's what hospitality is. Um, but the way that we adopt a culture like that in our church community is through a last point, which is the why of hospitality. Why should we have a life characterized by hospitality? And, well, one of the most important themes in this chapter that we just read is the theme of grace. And you see it in the beginning of this passage. The Hebrew word for grace is hen. And it's translated as favor here. Look in verse 2 where it says, And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. I'll find grace. And Ruth and Naomi are destitute and the thing that they need to experience is grace. And I'll just tell you, this world, to make it in this world, you need it grace. All of us need grace to make it in this world. And Ruth and Naomi find grace from Boaz. And that's exactly what Ruth says in verse 13. And then she said, I, found, I have found favor, grace, hen, in your eyes, my Lord. For you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And what happens immediately after she says, I find grace? What happens right after in verse 14? And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread. And dip your morsel in the wine. So Boaz extends grace and offers bread and wine. Who does that sound like? Well, that challenges us to ask, well, who are we in this story of Ruth 2? Because up to this point, we've basically been saying, well, look at Boaz. Look at how hospitable he is. And we need to be hospitable. We need to be like Boaz. Uh, He's a righteous man. He obeys God's word. And he welcomes in the stranger. But if you read on in this story, you'll find out that Boaz falls in love with Ruth and he redeems her and marries her. And then they become King David's great-grandparents. And he becomes the ancestor of our Lord Jesus. We are not Boaz in this story. Jesus is Boab in the story. He's the giver of grace. He's the one who forms a community under God's word and feeds people with with bread and wine. And so as much as Boaz is a model for us, in many ways we are more like Ruth the outsider who needs grace and needs to be fed with bread and wine. The gospel says we are a community of Ruths. That's what the church is. We are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Jesus, the greater Boaz. Now you might think, well, does that just erase everything in the first three points that we just said, take away all the edge? We just said we were supposed to be hospitable and we're not Boaz, we're Ruth. But what happens to Ruth in the end of this story? Look at verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. It's about 30 to 50 pounds, something like that. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. 
She told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her, uh, said to her daughter-in-law, listen to these words. This is the woman who at the end of chapter 1 said, my, name, my new name is Bitter. The Lord has dealt harshly with me. What does she say now? May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Ruth goes home with a bag full of grain to care for her widow mother-in-law. She becomes like Boaz. And she tells her mother-in-law about this man, Boaz. And Naomi, the one who in chapter 1 said, call my name bitterness, her life is changed. And she says, the Lord is kind. The Lord is good. That's our story. That is the why of hospitality, is that we have been brought in by Jesus, the greater Boaz. And he sends us out with a bag of grain to care for the people in our lives. And when they say, where did you get this blessing? Who is caring for you? We tell them about the man, Jesus, who brought us in when we were strangers in need of grace. He made us a part of his community that lives under the word of God. And he gave us a place of safety. He gave us a place of mutual blessing and a place for a meal. We only become Boaz when we first become Ruth. So hospitality is the heart of who we are because it is the heart of our Lord, the one who has adopted us into God's family. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you give us these stories of grace. That uh, you deal with us in your grace, and you know that we need grace to make it in this world. We pray that our church would always be a place of grace where we continue to experience your grace and continue to extend your grace to those who come here. So shape us in gratitude for the hospitality you have shown to us. We are your beloved children. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.